everything caravan and camping. They've got everything. Uh, great to have you with us with our Everything Caravan and Camping podcast, sponsored by ECC Parks. My name's Scotty Hillier from Channel 7. Now, every week, we are going to take you to an ECC Park destination around this great country of ours. We're going to get you there safe with our weight and towing masterclasses. We've got tech tips. We're going to chat with influencers as well as you, the listeners. We want to hear your questions, where you've been, what you're up to, something you want to know, something I haven't said, all of that. We're going to have a laugh with Caravan Park Confessions. It's an absolute cracker. And every week we're going to chat to the greatest chef ever given an open fire at a set of tongs, none other than Harry Fisher from Fire to Fork. I'm pretty excited. Let's go. ECC, it's a 24-7 marketplace for all things caravanning, camping, and 4x4. Now, with more than 10,000 products available from hundreds of popular brands, you'll find everything you need for your next outdoor adventure. Don't forget, subscribe to the newsletter and save a further 10% off the best brands, products, and prices. They're only a click away. Let's go. It's that time of the podcast as we take you to a different ECC park around this great country of ours. And we are off to New South Wales, Lake Mac Holiday Park in Swansea. We're catching up with Melissa. Hello, Melissa. How are you? I'm going well, but having a look at your destination and where your park is situated, I reckon you're going a little bit better than I am. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. Um, It's a beautiful place to work and a lovely place to visit. It is. So can you actually see water out your window? So for those that aren't aware, you virtually have a lake in the sea either side of you. Yeah, basically we've got the lake down at the far end of the park and then we've got the Swansea Channel just across the road there with the boat ramp. With the boat ramp, see? I'm a fisherman. Now, not everyone listening are fishermen, but Melissa, my ears pricked. You've got a boat ramp there. So I guess before we get into the park, a lot of people do come there to try their hand at a bit of fishing. They certainly do. we got a lot of fishing clubs coming in because we've got the space for these big groups to come in and gather. Lovely. Lovely. Now, I've done a little bit of homework, and I'm well aware that we catch a few flathead, you get a few whiting, and you get a few broom, just your bread and butter species. Yeah, basically. People do go outside that. I'm not a big fisherman myself, a fishing person. <laughs> no, that's fine. <laughs> but, that yeah, is... Definitely get a lot of feedback from people who are. Yeah, no, I bet. There's, and I'm sure there's plenty more to do whilst you're there, and we'll talk about that. But I guess, firstly, Lake Mac Holiday Park, tell us a bit about it. It's a rather large park. We've got probably about uh, 30 cabins on site all different sort of types of accommodation down from budget up to your deluxe villas down by the water. Wow. And then we've got quite a number of powered sites. I would say they'd probably be in the vicinity of around about 80 to 100 out there. Wow. And then we've got a big power unpowered area as well for people who want to do that and obviously powered on on sweet sites. So it just depends on what people are after and what they can run. Yes. So power or power. Yeah, so I'm hearing the size of that, we're talking motorhomes, camper trailers, caravan, you name it, tractors, you'll fit it in there. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, rooftop tents, yeah, everybody does a bit of everything. Wow. And camp kitchen amenities, talk us through that. We, we've got a camp kitchen down there, so that's got a 
bigger patio area. There's a couple of electric barbecues down there, but a full kitchen if you want to do traditional cooking. Wow. And there's a TV in there, and we've also got a parent's room, so if they want to escape and not be around children. Don't I? Hey, I love Melissa. Got a retreat to there. Everyone else has a kid's room. You've got a parent's room. That's fantastic. Well, the whole park is really for the kids. <laughs> They've got yeah. the water park and part and tennis courts and basketball courts and playground. And we're just about to put in what's called a ninja park, which is a bit like a climbing sort of centre for the kids. So, yeah, wow. that'll be exciting when that opens. Yeah, it's sounding to me ideal for the families. Absolutely, 100%. Yeah. The water park only came in last year, just after July, wow. and that's been a huge hit, especially we've got a lot of locals that just come in and go camping with the kids just so they can use it. Oh, fantastic. And amenities, I'm sure you've got plenty of those. <laughs> We do. We've got one big amenities block and yep. another one at either end of the park, a bit smaller, but just enough to accommodate the people around that area. Lovely. But they, yeah, we get a lot of feedback saying how clean they are and we just get yeah, pretty positive comments from people on their way out. So yeah, it's great to hear. That's what you want. Now, it's 7am in the morning, Melissa. I've just woke up in the park. I'm having a stretch and I'd love to go and get a coffee or something to eat or maybe book dinner for that night. Are we Got a couple of yep. restaurants and shops close by? We do. We've got our local clubs and there's a few restaurants, Chinese restaurants up at uh, the main street of Swansea, but plenty of cafes to choose from. And then we've got a few outer area RSL clubs. So there's plenty of clubs. They all do something different. So. Yeah. And apart from the fishing, any other things to do? Now, I, I have been, I did my homework. I hear your park, once you get in there, it's just the park where you sit back, relax and go nowhere. Yeah, a lot of people just do that. Yeah. They generally only venture out to go down to Woolworths or Coles or out for dinner. But yeah, generally it's once they arrive, they especially the families, it's just somewhere where you can just spend your whole day yeah. and there's always plenty for the kids to do. And when it's nice and busy in the season, do you do a bit of a Friday night drink or cook up? Or I guess in the park, that just happens naturally, doesn't it? It just happens naturally. Everybody <laughs> kind of does their own thing but during the school holidays especially the major ones we've got a kids program so there's a lot of different things we do chocolate bingo and face painting and things like that so there's a lot there's a program that goes out when people arrive so they know oh okay at least we've got all these things and do a few movie nights in there as well Oh, wow. Chocolate bingo. You sort of had me there, Melissa. That sounds like a bit of fun. It's definitely popular with the kids. Now everybody likes a lolly. What about if I'm watching my weight, Melissa? Body's a temple. Uh. Look, we get parents in there as well. It's not just the kids. It's everybody to come down and enjoy. Uh, Lovely. Now, you recently had a big event down there. Tell us about that. Yep. So we've got Bog Fest. So that's definitely one of the biggest events. We're at full capacity for the Volks Fest event. So, yeah, hopefully that's definitely going to go well for us. Yeah, no, good on you, good on you. And I'm guessing, oh, being so big, but you still encourage people to jump online or give you a call and ring ahead and book? Yeah, definitely. Look, booking online is quite an easy process, but if anybody has any issues, they can always give us a call in the office and we'll walk them through it. Easy. Lake Mac Holiday Park, Swansea, New South Wales. Melissa, thanks for chatting with us and we look forward to hopefully sending plenty of our listeners your way. Yep, fantastic. Lovely. Thanks, Melissa. You're welcome. Thank you. And just a reminder that there are 65 parks throughout Australia and New Zealand. Now, if you head to everythingcaravancamping.com.au today, you can purchase an ECC park 
Park slash Family Parks Travel Rewards membership for a ridiculous low 30 bucks. So that is cheap. That's your membership there. And it's going to give you 10% off your stay at all ECC Parks, Family Park destinations right throughout Australia and also New Zealand. So it's definitely worth getting. Discounts and deals while you travel with their rewards. You, you get a third night free voucher and an entry card to their frequent camper competition. So seriously, jump onto the website and get yourself that $30 membership. It is worth every cent. Let's go. Everything caravan and camping. Well, it's that time of the podcast again for our weight and towing masterclass, and we've got him. We've hooked him in. He's been at the gym. He's been doing sit-ups. He's been doing burpees from Total Towing Setups, Gary Gardner. How are you, brother? Yeah, good, Scotty. How you going, mate? Yeah. More like eating beers and having donuts, mate. <laughs> I was waiting for you to get straight back to me and say, Scotty, come on. That'd be like you saying that I've been at the gym doing burpees and sit-ups. Nah, nothing wrong with a good feed, guys. Nothing wrong at all, my friend. Oh, mate, I've got to say, we're getting that many positive notes about our Weight and Towing Masterclass. People hungry and thirsty for information. So another one that's come up, mate, and I'd love you to cover and just explain a bit more about it to us, are sway controllers. Tell us about that, mate. Yeah, so historically, we've always used products to try and help our towing experience better. And over the years, there's been some really good development come through on both mechanical and electronic-controlled sway control devices. Yep. So they're products that are there to stop your van from swaying. You know, the old tail wag and the dog sort of scenario, yeah. and they kind of wobbles up on the highway. You know what? A lot of people I speak to at the, at the shows, that's their biggest worry, Gary, is that they're going to get to a speed and the, and the van just starts doing the, as you said, the wag the tail. It's scary. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. First and foremost, there's, there's lots of things to consider before you use these sorts of products. There's the right car and caravan combination, all those things all set up correctly. But these sway control devices, both the electronic ones and the mechanical ones, they're like that last line of defense. They're another insurance policy yep. to make sure that if everything gets out of scatter control and there's a, you know, a serious incident in the caravan, yep. these products will engage and do what they're going to do and stop that van from swaying. Yeah, okay. And is speed a factor in the swaying? I know there's a lot of people out there listening going, oh, tell me more about the swaying caravan. What are some factors I mean, is it strong wind? Is it speed? What are some things that can that can cause the old van to, to get, get the... Yeah, the answer to that question is yes. There yeah, are gotcha. so many things. Yeah. There's the weight of the van in relation to the weight of the car. There's the weight of the van's been packed, the weight's been loaded. The tow ball weight impact, if that's too light, that could be a potential factor. But these, these sort of sway control devices, they're not there for just passive sway control. So if you're coming down the highway and the van just gets a bit of a wander up and just starts walking around behind the back of the car for no particular reason, there's obviously a balance issue or a ball weight issue or something's gone you know, gone astray there. Yep. But if you get a serious sway from a big crosswind or a large truck overtakes you or you hit a big pothole or something and the van gets well and truly out of control, then that's where these additional products, yep. the sway control, that's where they pull the van straight again. And, and are they easy to install, Gaz? I mean, obviously you get experts to install it, but is a day thing? Are they easy to pop in? Yeah, once the, the electronic ones in particular, we're lucky a lot of van manufacturers now fit these from the factory. There is, you know, the ability, I, I do fit these things as an aftermarket thing as well. I mean, it's a van, and yeah, there are better days worth of work for me to wire them all up and do the hard things, you know, yep. all the hard work. Yeah. The mechanical ones, they're like a half hour, 45 minute installation. Yeah, they, they work really well when they're set up correctly. Yeah, they do it. Yeah, look me up on, on the website, totaltowingsetups.com.au or find me on Facebook as well. Lovely, mate. And if you want to shoot us a question, podcast at everythingcaravancamping.com.au. Thanks again, Gary. Have a good week, mate. You too, Scotty. Cheers, mate. <laughs>
hope you're enjoying this, our Everything Caravan and Camping podcast. It is Tech Tip time with the great Charlie Graham. And once again, how are you, my friend? Scotty, I'm doing well, mate. Just cruising around, enjoying life. Yeah, comes. I know, I know. You got you, People say i got the best life. You haven't got a bad one. Trust me. No. Trust it, me, trust me. Now, mate, with different crime rates in and around the places we're travelling, people are always conscious about making sure their products and their vans and their values are secure. Malenko Safety and Security Products, you've got a couple of things in our tech tips to talk about. That's it, Scotty. Malenko, they are the leaders in caravan safety and security. Yep. The great thing about Malenko is, and I do, I do see it a lot, especially driving around on the Gold Coast, Sunshine Coast, especially in suburbia, we can't all tuck our vans behind the house where no one can see them anymore, so we're forced to leave them out in the front. Now, that does leave them a little bit exposed. Yep. Now, the cool thing is with Malenko is they have a huge range of security products, and not just starting with the caravan doors, we also have wheel clamps, we have security cables, we even have hitch locks. So you can lock that van up nice and tight and no one's going anywhere with it. How good's that? How good is that, young Charlie? Man, it's also peace of mind too because as you, the last thing you want, you, you've just paid all this money for your new camper, your, your new van. The last thing you want is anything to happen. It's stolen or yep. it's broken in and vandalised, etc. Great little tip there, young Charlie. And guess what? We're going to be back doing it all again next week. That's it, mate. And you know, as I say, like normally your caravan or your Camper trailer is probably the second largest investment you're ever going to make in your life, so why would you want to leave that unguarded? Look at you go. That was just, that flowed off the mouth beautifully, young Charlie. All right, brother. Speak next week. Awesome, mate. I'll talk to you then. Come on. Let's go. Everything caravan and camping. Oh, I hope you're enjoying this, our Everything Caravan and Camping podcast, and this is the part of the show that is getting a lot of feedback. I must say, Jason, you are becoming a bit of a cult hero. People are in, <laughs> people are loving hearing your stories, whether it's BS or not. We don't care. We want to hear because you're the man on the ground. You, you're the man walking around at night. You're talking to the park folk. You are hearing it all. Hence, Caravan Park Confessions, what have we got? Oh, Scotty, I've got to tell you, they are all 100% true. (laughs) (laughs) You're like me. You and I are out of the same mould. We never bullshit. You don't let it stand in the way of a good story anyway. (laughs) All right, have I got a perler for you today? It's a bit of a fingers in the ear perler. Oh, okay. So listeners out there, just be warned. This could be a little bit of fingers in the ear. Children, turn off. (laughs) So I'm walking around the park on a Sunday morning, and on one of our campsites, I've got this little two-man dome tent. The one you get from Kmart. Yeah, no, the one cheap. But it blows away yeah. if you sneeze, yes. Blows away if you sneeze. Yeah. I can guarantee you she was doing more than sneezing. <laughs> oh, no, I've got no. People, I have people on sites around them tapping me on the shoulder saying, you're going to do something about that. And I'm going, what do you mean? And as I walk past, she'd been moaning and groaning oh. for hours. Her and her boyfriend had been going at it. And I had to knock on the door and say, it's 9 o'clock on the Sunday morning can we please just we're in a family park we've got kids can we stop so you've had you've, you've had to knock on the on the tarp on the tent tick 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 hello yeah yeah hello hello can, can we just keep it down a little bit she was very embarrassed oh she goes but i do get carried away oh embarrassed i reckon she would have been oh you, you did the right thing and hopefully they stopped jason on this occasion, they did, but wait for more next week. Oh, dear gee. Okay. Okay, for those listeners waiting for more next week, it is will be happening. Have a good week, Jace. I look forward to the next story. You too, Scotty. 
time to catch up with a couple of our influencers and this man here. I can't wait to hear his story. Rob from Throttle Down Under. How are you, champ? Yeah, good, mate. Very good, thank you. Now, listen, I know we spoke off air and you were telling me about a trip you've recently done, but the listeners out there are busting to hear where you've been. Where have you been and what did you do? It's been a chaotic year, really. But the most recent journey, I flew over to India into Delhi and then we did a motorcycle journey from Leh up into the Himalayan mountains, which was, which was quite epic. All on motorcycle? All on motorcycle, yeah. From Leh, we picked up our bikes. Wow. I did it with a tour group called Roaming Horizon. Yeah. And then from there, it was a nine-day tour through the magical mountains and all over the rough roads of, of the Himalayas. Yeah, well. And, uh, yeah, it was quite wild, actually. A lot of fun. Rob, I'm only a fisherman, but I'm guessing throttle down under a lot of the stuff you do is on a motorbike. Am I a good guesser? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I guess it's primary motorcycles, but I, I do um, a lot of car content as well. It's kind of like just getting out and enjoying the world we live in more than anything else. Yeah. You've, you've gone afar. You've gone overseas. Tell us about it. Did you? Did everything go smoothly? Did did, did a few things no. pop up? Okay, let's... We love... <laughs> <laughs> the Everything Carrot and Camping family are going, tell us more, Rob. What didn't go yeah, smoothly? Absolutely. So I guess the hard thing to know when you go into into altitude is how well your body will handle the altitude. Mm. And that's completely out of your control. Yeah. And I didn't acclimatise very fast into the altitude. So I had quite a few days of being unwell. But once I did acclimatise and the body adapted, I started enjoying the trip a whole lot more. Yeah, okay. A little tip if anyone is going to head overseas and do So it was quite bad, Rob, quite serious. It knocked you about. Yeah, so we, when we got into Lay, we were at uh, 4,300 metres, yeah. uh, which is already quite high. We're considering Kosciuszko's 2,000 metres in height. Oh wow! Yeah, that's Australia's highest. Yeah, that is a good example. You are you're up there. Yep. You're in the clouds, so to speak. Exactly. And so then when we got to our highest point, I think it was about sixty one hundred meters, which is oh. about eighteen thousand feet. Wow. Yeah. So that's for an Aussie that's lived his life at sea level. That was pretty uh, hardcore for me. Yeah. And how'd the bike handle it? Did the trip go smoothly in terms of the way you travelled? Yeah, absolutely. The bikes we use over there are Royal Enfields, and they're made in India. They're a very simple bike that can be worked on easily on the side of the road, and they're just like a tractor. They got us there everywhere we needed to go without a problem. Well, mate, let's come back to Australia. Just give us an example. What you know, one of your favourite trips you've done here in Oz, whether it be on the bike or towing a van. Tell us one of your favourite ones here. Surprisingly enough, it wasn't long. I was invited to do a trip with the TV show What's Up Down Under. Yep, know the team. And if- and everything caravan and camping. Yep. And we just did a trip along the Great Ocean Road up through central Victoria into South Australia and then Mildura. Wow. And and that was interesting because I was the only motorcyclist and the rest of them were caravan and campers. Yep. So it was a good way to, to see how the other side of people live. You know, people on four wheels instead of two. Yeah. And it was quite interesting. Yeah. And so, Rob, what are you doing to sleep? And are you, are you, have you got a little kit bag on the back? Are you, or do you stay in a cabin or do you have a swag rolled up on the back of the bike? I do a little bit of everything. I had a swag on my old Harley, but my swag's really big, and the Harley was a lot bigger. I'm riding a BMW GF now. Of course so I've you got all of course you yeah. And I'm a bit of a comfort guy as well. I'm 50 years old, so yeah. I'll be in a tent sometimes, cabins, caravans, hotels. I do a bit of everything when I'm travelling. I love how you say, Rob, you're a comfort man, but you're travelling on a motorbike. Seriously, <laughs> you're making do, to be honest, really. You well, can't... Well, well, just between you and me, it's one of the most comfortable bikes to ride to. Wow, it's, it does sound like it's a bit bloody flash, but that's good, mate. And any tips for people out there that are listening? I'm not necessarily going to travel on a motorbike, but just 
traveling in general, some little things you found as you come into parks or as you leave one location and go to the next. Any tips? Something that I've realized recently is a lot of the holiday parks and caravan parks have come a long way since I was a kid and used to stay in them. Yeah. Like now, for a lot of families, it's a great option. Whether you're staying in the cabin or you have a caravan or a tent, there's a lot of them are almost like resorts, so they have pools and mini golf and crazy things like that. So if you're after a bit of comfort, those holiday parks offer them now. But also, I'm a big fan of the tiny house movement. So there's a lot of a lot of farmers that have a tiny house on their property where you can go and stay the night, and it's relative luxury in something that's a bit bigger than a caravan. And uh, yeah, I enjoy that a lot too. Yeah, that's not a bad tip. I mean, just get away from the run of the run of the mill if you want to, and just stay there singly on the farm. They've probably got farm animals yeah. zipping around as well. I'm sure. Sure. Yeah, that's right. You wake up to a cow outside your window, and yeah, it's something that's quite unique. Ah, bloody good, Rob. Now, mate, I know you've done a lot of travelling over the years. You're in my vintage. We're 50-odd. Yep. Is there somewhere in this great country of ours you haven't been and you have said, I am going to get there one day or very soon? Yeah, yeah absolutely. The Nullarbor is one of my bucket list items. Ironically, just this weekend past, we had a motorcycle creators meet-up where all of the YouTubers from Australia, we met up in a town called Walter in New South Wales. Yeah. One of the ladies that came across, she was a Texan that was living in Perth, but she spent 10 days riding from Perth to Sydney to come up for the weekend. Wow. And uh, across the Nullarbor, of course. And so that would be a bucket list item from there to do the Nullarbor across the Perth. Yeah. And obviously on the bike. On the bike, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'll do it in anything, but my preference would be on a bike, just for the experience of it. Yeah, wow. And do you, on the bike, Rob, do you, do you try and travel in... In groups, like, or are you just happy to go on your own, trust your vehicle or trust your bike and trust what you know, and if you get into a sticky situation, you'll get out, or is it solo, or are you in groups? Look, I'm, I'm a bit of both, really. I love solo riding. I do a lot of riding for my own mental health, and part of that is just getting out there on your own and, and getting rid of all the rubbish out of your life. Yep. But I've also got a, an amazing network of riders who, are, who I love spending time with, and we're actually doing a trip down to Tassie in February. We're going to do two days into Geelong. The overnight ferry and then a week in Tassie. Wow. I think we've got about 40 bikes going on that. So that's going to be a really good trip. And that'll be my first visit to Tassie as well. So I'm very excited. Oh. So if people want to follow your journey to Tassie and, and all the other adventures you've been on, Rob, how can people follow you and find you? Yeah, look, I've got Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Yep. And YouTube's obviously long format videos and then more daily operations on Instagram and Facebook, but it's all under Throttle Down Under. Throttle Down uh, Under. It's very easy to find. Yeah. And I've got a comprehensive website as well that's got a blog attached. But, yeah, follow me on there and join my journey to say day and tell me where you've come from. I love hearing people's stories as well. Ah, we loved hearing your story, Rob. Mate, it's great <laughs> to uh, have you on our uh, Everything Caravan and Camping podcast. Safe travels to Tassie, and I look forward to catching up with you on the back of that trip. Wonderful, Scotty. Thanks so much, mate. I appreciate it. Good on you, Rob. Hope you're enjoying this, our Everything Caravan and Camping podcast. And I must say, one of my favourite segments of this show is catching up with the great Harry Fisher. How are you, mate? I'm going very well, Scott. How are you, mate? Yeah, good. The legend from Fire to Fork. I've got to say, you've already got a big fan base, but I'll tell you what, we're getting lots of people writing in saying how much they're enjoying your recipes, how many times people... Fantastic. Yeah, how many people have tried the different one. The the big one was early in our podcast, you spoke about the oyster sauce and then roll it into the panko breadcrumbs with the fish. Going gangbusters. that's 
Oh, that's a, it's a ripper. Yeah, I'm, I'm a huge fan of that. I do it regularly at home. Yeah, no, I, I can't deny I've done it a couple of times, maybe even on Creek Dick Ghost, and I might have said it was my idea. <laughs> Good man. <laughs> but, mate, a couple of questions now. With with your seafood, and I, I know the answer to this, but people ask him, you know, whether it's fish, prawns, any seafood, undercook or overcook, what's the, what's the best? Mate, I reckon when, when it comes to really fresh fish that you trust, I reckon it's impossible. I, I think it's criminal to overcook. Yeah. And then there are other things that, you know, if you're buying stuff like prawns and things like that, you definitely want them to be cooked through. But most, if, you, if you're catching your own fish and you're filleting it and you know the process, you can chuck it straight in your gob. It does not matter. There's nothing, nothing more criminal than, than I, I think than just cooking it to within an inch of its life. But, yeah, I mean, look, sashimi, ceviche, all that kind of stuff, I think you can, you can go on the, on the lean side with, yeah. with cooking on most things. Oh, I love how you said just eat it straight out of the ocean. I'm a big sashimi fan, and people go, oh, but yeah. but if it's fresh, it doesn't matter what species. It's get a little bit of soy, bit of wasabi down the old gob, and oh yeah, get into it. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And look, if, if you're starting out, you start with ceviche, so anything with a bit of acid, it'll cook in the acid. Yeah, beautiful, so good. Oh, and I also say to everyone who tries it when they first start, make sure it's cold. Ah, warm, yep. warm fish doesn't taste as good. I, I think when you yeah. first start, whereas that, that icy cold fresh fish, yeah. I, I just love it. It's so refreshing. Oh, mate, we could talk for hours, but we need to get into a, a little recipe for those that are out, whether they're camping, they're in their RVs, they're just out under the stars. My mate from Fire to Fork's got something for you to cook up over the fire. All right, mate. I reckon today let's do a dessert because we haven't done one oh, yet. Oh, a big smile on my face because oh, I'm a big man. I love my dessert. <laughs> love my dessert. I'm sure the <laughs> listeners out there love their desserts. <laughs> So, look, I wanted to keep this one really simple. And if you've ever had a, a jester's pie or any kind of a puff pastry pie, you know how bloody good they are. They, yeah. They're really crispy and, and delicious. Now, the, the thing that I found is that a piece of puff pastry fits perfectly in a jaffa line. Oh. So you just need to fold it over in a jaffa line, and then, then you fill it with what you need to fill it with. So in my case, I love a puff pastry apple pie. Yeah. Uh, you get some Granny Smith apples, dice them up, a little bit of brown sugar, quarter of a cup, a little bit of lemon, some butter, 100 grams of butter, a little bit of salt because, you know, who doesn't love brown sugar, butter and salt? <laughs> Delicious. If you've got some cinnamon, chuck that in. But the other thing, that, this is more for the adults, but a bit, if you've got a bit of spiced rum, oh, throw that in there. In, yeah. in a pot. Yeah. yeah, a bit of spiced rum. So, you know, you're, you're Captain Morgan sort of thing. Yeah. Chuck a little, just a shot of that in there. Boil it up. Wait till it all breaks down. So you just boil it in a billy or a pot or a saucepan, whatever you like. And then pour that mixture inside your... Your, your jaffle and, and cook it and you just get the most amazing apple pies with oh. really minimal gear. Oh, and you know what I'd have it with it, Harry? I'd have, you know that the cream you can buy in the, in the can? 100%. <laughs> just yeah. Smother it in the cream or the ice bit of, cream. Yeah. Oh, bit of cream, bit of custard even, you know, oh. whatever. It's, it's so good. Oh. That's, a, that's an absolute winner. Mate, that is why we love chatting with you every week. Now, Harry's got the best book ever given pages out there at the moment, Fight a Fork Adventure Cooking. So if you want to have a bit of a read, steal some of his recipes and do that for yourself at home, it's pretty simple. You can purchase it online at everythingcaravancamping.com.au. Good on you, Harry Fisher. We'll catch up with you next week. Cheers, guys. See you then. Let's go. Now, don't forget to head over to the Everything Caravan and Camping podcast page, everythingcaravancamping.com.au. Sign up to the newsletter for your chance to win a $50 voucher to spend on the ECC marketplace.
And don't forget to catch up on all of our ECC episodes. You go to where you get your podcasts, or you can head over to everythingcaravanandcamping.com.au. Well, there's another podcast done and dusted for this week. Hopefully you've enjoyed it. As per usual, I have an absolute blast chatting with everybody. But hey, we want to hear from you, the listener. So we want to know if we haven't covered something off, you've got a question in regards to safety, in regards to cooking, in regards to anything. You can even say, Scotty, you said that wrong. Whatever. We want to hear from you. Send us an email, podcast at everythingcaravancamping.com.au. Be safe out on the roads. See you next time. Let's go. They've got everything. Everything caravan and camping. Let's go. They've got everything.